are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Joining from the road this week from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I've just finished some consulting work. I happen to be in a rental vehicle on my way back to the airport with my two colleagues, Bruce Zimmer and Scott Beckett. As you know, if you've been listening to this program for a while, it's all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. Originally inspired by the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years and now complements the work that I do at Insignium, a global management consulting firm. I'll do the program in just a second, but let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are the leading locally focused job board in the nation and are dedicated to helping employees and employers find quality talent in their own backyard. Last week, we were on the air with Diane Consolino, who is a speaker, trainer, success coach, and my personal favorite, rule breaker. We talked about the importance of being able to face your fears and truly understand how they work to be able to harness them at work for the results we want. We also talked about the differences in the way men and women navigate confidence at work and what they can do to bolster it for better managing their anxiety and their performance at work. With us this week is Martha Parker, who is president of MERG, or MERG, a corporate wellness and management firm based in Houston, Texas. Typically supports customers by offering ergonomic assistance in design, redesign, and retrofit of new and existing office and industrial workspaces. We'll be talking about her field of ergonomics, the four M's she addresses in the work she does, and how she works with the clients to improve the comfort and productivity of the workplace. She joins us today from Houston, Texas. Martha, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you, Elise. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, I know a little something about your background because I've had the privilege of chatting with you and spending some time with you, but of course my listeners don't. So will you start by just introducing yourself and tell us why you chose a career in ergonomics, and then I want to get to what is it. Sure. So I looked into the field of ergonomics. I had a job uh, finishing up as a research assistant at Texas A&M at the end of my undergrad in bioengineering. And that job was collecting data for studies of human subjects trying different keyboards and different mice, um, standing for long periods of time and measuring the effects of all of those kind of treatments on, on the participants in the study. And so that was my job, and it was great, and I liked it, and it paid. And I was a poor college student and was graduating and didn't have a job. And the department head said, would you like to go to graduate school in ergonomics? And I said... I paused for the perfect amount of time, and, and he said, well, we'll pay for it. And there are grants from the National Science Foundation, and um, you, you do studies, and that's your thesis work, and then we'll give you a stipend. And I said, well, of course. I don't really know what ergonomics <laughs> is, but I'm good to go for more school. So um, I continued my education at Texas A&M and graduated with a master's degree in safety engineering with a specialty in ergonomics. And um, still did research and data collection and ran studies and learned about work and the effect of work on people and having people be more productive and comfortable while they're working. It's, it's a great field for me personally um, because it, it takes a, it's an engineering discipline and it also allows you to work with the person. So I can nerd out and problem solve and make drawings with, you know, free body diagrams and really get into the problem-solving aspect of ergonomics. But at the same time, know that at the end of the day, I'm helping a person or persons with their job. And that's what's really in it for me. Okay, so a couple follow-up questions, Martha. First, love how you got into the field. Um, for, for the benefit of my simple mind, what is the actual definition of ergonomics? So ergonomics is Greek. Um, ergo is the Greek word for work. Um, you'll, if you remember your physics, um, sometimes work is measured in ergs, E-R-G. Um, and so that's the root of the word ergonomics. And nomics is the study of. So technically, 
the science of ergonomics is the study of work. I love it. I absolutely love that. Okay, and then the second thing is, you know, you, I have been researching how people find careers, how they find meaning in their work for years and years. The fact that you literally backed into this career is fascinating and that it actually suits you is crazy. How do you explain that? I, yes, I, I, it's, it's, it's straight up luck and hard work. Um, that's, that's really, <laughs> that's the best I can do. I, I didn't do, I wanted to build you know, artificial hearts and limbs going into school. And um, I, I, that's my bachelor's degree is in bioengineering. And I just didn't, I didn't want to go to get my PhD or go to medical school after that. Um, but I still wanted to work with people. And so it I really is just luck and hard work and being at the right place at the right time. Well, it's a wonderful thing to have you on the show because I really care about the world of work too. So this is, it's perfect. Um, I know. When so I called you, I was like, yes, somebody who gets it. I know, right? We're supposed to be doing this. Um, well, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about our bodies. I mean, you say that we're meant to move, and yet we live and we work in such a sedentary way. And I know that I personally feel better when I'm moving, exercising, and I chose a career that lets me get myself through clients, stand, move around, et cetera. That's important for me. So why is movement so important for us? Well, and if you if you really look at our bodies and think about our bodies as machines, um, and this was what was great about the beginning of my education was that we looked at, at different systems in the body and how they could be measured and changed with things. You know, when you when you look when you take a statics or dynamics class in mechanical engineering, um, you look at levers and you look at beams and you look at bridges and um but when you when you look at the human body as a set of systems that kind of do the same thing so your skeletal systems your bones are like beams and they're moved with muscles and your nervous system is a big electrical factory um and so we apply engineering type education and background and and theories to our body and once you do that, then you realize, oh, goodness, you know, our bodies are designed to move. If you were designed for bipedal locomotion, we have very stable feet and we have a big hip girdle. We're meant for upright and, and we're designed to move. And you're right. Our, our technologically demanding world right now, especially in the world of, of, of the office, um, is such that it is very sedentary. So we have to really look for opportunities for movement. And it sounds really silly when you think about how our bodies are actually designed for movement, but we have to, we have to purposefully tell people, you need to move a lot more than you are. And it almost sounds like common sense, like, well, of course you need to move because that's what we're built for, but that's not what we're doing. And so that's where I come in and help people change their behavior so that they can do what their bodies are made to do. And you, okay, so we'll talk more about this as well. I know when we get, we, we talk about your four M's, and so I'll, I'll reserve my questions for that time because there's a couple things I definitely <laughs> want to drill down on. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the philosophy behind what you do. So when I think about human beings having evolved as a species over the millions of years we've been on the planet, you know, I think about how you help companies and their employees bridge that gap between the way our bodies have actually evolved to this digital age that we live in today. And that's just simply less physical exertion. So I'm really curious about your philosophical perspective on the world of work we live in today, juxtaposed with the way that you know that we've been created. Right. And and I and think of it at least at least in a in a in another way. We, yes, we are. Our jobs are such that they are less physically demanding, but they are certainly no less mentally demanding. Um, yes. Our brain is is huge and untapped. Our digital world, the way that we work, requires our brain to do things that we have not really evolved to do yet. Um, and so we're our our brain and our nervous system is trying to play catch up with all the, the digitalness of our society. And at the same time, our physical bodies are in detriment because of the rise of that digitalness of our society. So it's, you, you balance both the physical and the mental demands of work on your body, knowing that your body is a complete and total system that encapsulates 
the physical part of you, the mental part of you, and even the emotional and spiritual parts of you as well. I just have to ask this, Martha, given what you just said there, uh, it just occurs to me to ask you, since you just mentioned that we're, we're still trying to catch up to the digital age that we work in mentally, um, is, that, is that taxing for us, the fact that we are still trying to catch up? Do you have a perspective about that? Oh, yes. Um, and, and I'm sure you felt this. I know I have. Um, even on the days where it feels like you've been chained to your computer and you haven't moved and you haven't done a lot of physical movement except for maybe, you know, I know you're a big hot yoga person, so except for maybe your, your hot yoga class, you've been fairly sedentary throughout the day, but you've been engaged and involved with some sort of digital media all day, some type of screen, a laptop, a computer, a phone, an iPad, um, a TV, you name it. Um, and it's exhausting. I have a, a, tw- I have a 12 and a half year old daughter and she's in great shape and um, she's very physically active, but there are days that I swear her eyes don't leave the little screen, um, much to my displeasure and prodding against it. And, and it's, and it's, you know, it becomes nine o'clock at night and she says, I'm so tired. And she didn't really do anything all day, um, except mm-hmm. engage with her technology. Um, and so, yes, I believe our bodies are still trying to play catch up with that. And it is exhausting. Um, and it, there's no rest in it. And we'll get into that in the, in the four M's part, but there's no rest. Um, you have to purposefully add in some rest, uh, when you engage with your technology. Mm, I definitely feel that. Um, one of the things I think probably would be helpful, one of the great things about getting to host the show is that I enjoy having listeners literally all over the world of various ages. And some of the folks that are a little bit younger maybe, maybe don't have the same appreciation. Would you help paint the picture for us, Martha? I mean, today we, we just talked about how we work today, but versus, say, 100 to 150 years ago, what did work look like for us? Sure. We were, and you still see this in parts of, parts of our nation, we were an agrarian society. Um, we rose with the sun. We went to bed with the sun. Uh, we were physically active. We grew our own food. We harvested our own animals if we chose to do so to eat meat. Uh, we took care of ourselves, our immediate family, and our small communities. Um, the global reach was just not there. Um, with the with the advent of computer, desktop computers especially, uh, and believe it or not, the space race, uh, that's where if you were in tune to science, you would have heard things like human factors or ergonomics back in the 50s and 60s. And when with the development of control rooms and consoles, uh, they needed some design aspects of who can reach the do not hit that button except in an emergency. Um, they needed some design specifications for how high do we make the consoles, how far away are the screens, um, who can reach the emergency button, and when should they reach it, and how many, how many safeguards do we need to have for that big red emergency button. And so that's where the science of human factors and how humans behave with their work came into play in the general population was in the space race. And since then, our technology has gotten you know, faster and smaller. Um, and I'm sure you heard of Moore's Law where I think it's the, I think, and I may be misquoting this, but it's the size of the processor when it has the speed of technology goes to market twice as fast. And so um, Moore's Law has, has proven to be true up until about, I believe it was five to seven years ago, where it became asymptotic almost where the speed and the size of processors became so small and then the, the general population and what we were required to do with that technology just took off. Um, and so we are, we are still playing catch up and it's, you know, we take for granted things like phones and I mean, digital cameras and having a camera on our phone and not having to drag around a 35 millimeter camera unless you're a professional photographer. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, Martha, you are a well of information on this. This is so fascinating. What was that really fancy word you just used before? 
and probably, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but it just went by. Oh, asymptotic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, what, that's say the, that again? That's, what the, that's the engineer in me. So um, think of, you know, when you have a linear relationship where, say, for every one step forward, you go two steps back. That's a linear relationship. So an asymptotic relationship um, starts off linearly, and then it and then it curves up really, really fast. Fascinating! Wow, yeah. So that is definitely an engineering thing, no doubt about it. Yep. Um, I um, it went right by me. Somebody's buying like, me beer later for I'm, using that word. Right, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm certain my my listeners didn't get that either. So. Um, well, so, so one of the things that I, I don't really know how to ask the question, but I, I, I want to get to it, and I know that you'll help us get there because you probably have a better perspective about it, but I'm, I'm curious about when you think about how we have changed and evolved, um, you know, this connection of people and wor- work environments, how that affects the quality and the output of the work that we do to, today. I mean, we're expected to do so much more these days with the work that we do. It, it feels anyway, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I don't think it's a matter of of quantity, Elise. I think it's a, a, a change in the quality of our work. Um, with the rise of the industrial age, we took on more brain work and less physical work. And when we when we when we went from the industrial age to the technology age, we took on even more brain work and less physical work. And so I think the the quantity of our work has pretty much remained the same. I just think it's kind of in different buckets, if you will, um, Mm -hmm. where our brain is expected to function much more and do the things that humans are really good at now. Um, And our, you know, we can make decisions. We can take in a bunch of input. We, We do, we're very sensory. We see, we hear, we touch, we smell. And you, you can teach a computer some of that, but not all of that. Our, our judgment processes, our decision-making processes can be programmed eventually, and they will be, um, but we're just not quite there yet. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, amazing, Martha. What a, what a perspective. It's time for our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're on the air with Martha Parker, who is the president of MERG, a corporate wellness and management firm based in Houston, Texas. She technically supports customers by offering ergonomic assistance in design, redesign, and retrofit of new and existing office and industrial workspaces. She joins us today from Houston, Texas. We've been talking about her field and a bit about how it's evolved over the years. After the break, we're going to get into her four M's. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. 
Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Martha Parker, who is president of MERG, a corporate wellness and management firm based in Houston, Texas. She technically supports customers by offering ergonomic assistance in design, redesign, and retrofit of new and existing office and industrial workspaces. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you today from Wisconsin. So, Martha... We were talking before about what it is we would actually share on the show, and one of the things that I know is your specialty is what you refer to lovingly as the the four M's. So I want to talk about each one of them as we go here and really help them, bring them to life for for our listeners. Um, So um, the first one is, is mindfulness. So talk with us about mindfulness, if you will. So mindfulness, and if you, Elise, have... Googled mindfulness lately, um, there's a million hits that will pop up. Um, it is a big, um, it's a big deal right now in the corporate environment. And there are apps that you can put on your phone and there are things that will help you remain in the moment. And mindfulness really is just that. It is being right here, right now, and knowing exactly what you're doing. And that's It's just that simple. When we work, sometimes we get carried away with all that we're supposed to do, all that we have to do, all that we think we're supposed to do, all that we think we're supposed to have to do, um, and we lose it. Uh, We lose where we are in the present moment. And when we lose it, we, we also lose the ability to listen to our bodies. And our bodies are always talking to us. They are most of the time whispering things to us. Um, unfortunately, when we hurt ourselves, we hear them screaming at us and, and it says, stop, you know, don't put your hand on the hot burner, but your body doesn't scream at you when you're clicking your mouse a lot. Um, it's whispering to you and saying things like, now I'm doing this and I'm still doing this and I'm still doing this and really not feeling that great, and it whispers to us. If we're not mindful, we miss that whisper. And, and that's really what mindfulness is. It is slowing down and being in the right here and the right now. What it, is it the same thing as being present? No. Uh, yes and no. Um, it is... It is the same thing as being present, but it's also being aware. So sometimes you can be in the present moment, but not aware of you and your space and your activities. So it, it is awareness and it is being in the present moment. And I think it's kind of a combination of that. Um, and that's what we work with our clients on in the office is slow down, take a breath, remember what you're doing. Feel your body, pay attention to all of the parts and how you're feeling, listen to your brain, and see if what you're working on is indeed what you need to be working on. We spend an entire amount, a lot of our time, figuring out what is important, what is urgent, and working on the wrong thing. If we stop, step back, take a break, we're able to go, oh, no, this is not what I need to be working on right now. And that gives us the opportunity to get in the present moment and know exactly what you're doing. What I, what I teach people is a, um, a technique that I learned years ago. Actually, my now husband taught it to me. Um, I'm a talker. I know you're shocked. And <laughs> I talk a lot. And I talk to myself because I'd like to hear myself talk. And and I use a technique, um, and and it's it is mindfulness in the moment, and and I tell myself exactly what I'm doing. Um, I am washing dishes. I am sitting in my truck. I am driving my car. I am typing on my keyboard. I am reading on my screen. And when you say those activities out loud, you can't help but not be in the present moment and mindful of what you're doing. You might look a little crazy. People might think you're kind of nutty, but you don't have to actually say it out loud. You can just kind of whisper it under your breath. And I was going to say, people think I'm weird already anyway, Martha. It's okay. Might as well add to it. Um, so I'm wondering what your perspective then is on and how this, what you just talked about, mindfulness relates to or doesn't relate to 
multitasking? Well, I think, I personally think multitasking is a mess. Um, I think multitasking, you know, there's the, there's the adage that women multitask better than men and our brains don't physically multitask. We just do one thing and very quickly switch to doing something else. Um, and so there's no true thing of multitasking. We can listen to a podcast while we're cooking dinner, um, but we're attuned to only one thing at, the t- at a time. And let's hope it's to chopping the vegetables with a sharp knife and not what Elise is saying on her Working on Purpose podcast. Um, when we have the knife in our hand, of course, we want to attune to the knife. And so being mindful in the moment and trying to multitask doesn't work. Um, so I, I think multitasking is a total mess. Mm-hmm. I, thought you, I thought you might say that, but I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anything else on that before we talk about movement, the second M? Well, and I think mindfulness re- leads right into movement. Um, okay. On purpose. Um, because when we, when we move, when we're mindful, right, we think about what we're doing right here, right now. Here I am. This is what I'm doing right now. Um, and listening to our bodies and paying attention when it's whispering to us. And sometimes that whisper is, oof, I've been sitting here for a really long time. I need to move around. Or I need to crack my toes. Or I need to roll my ankle. I need to look out the window and give my eyes a break. Your body will tell you things, and most of the time your body, when you're at work in an office environment, your body's going to tell you to get up and move around. And it doesn't have to be go on a run. It could just be turn away, stand up, take a breath, look out the window, go to the bathroom, get some water, all of those things. As we talked about earlier, Elise, our bodies are designed to move. And when we don't move them, we do our bodies a great injustice. Um, we have beautiful machines and beautiful, you know, given opportunities to move, and we need to take advantage of those. Um, or otherwise, you know, we atrophy. Our mind atrophies, our body atrophies. When we don't move, our brain basically shuts off, and it's as it's as if we're sleeping. The longer I think we sit past. 30 minutes, I believe, our brain function looks just like as if it were sleeping. And I don't know, but when I'm, when, I don't know about you, but when I'm working, I need to have that brain pumping and I need to have it going. Um, And so moving throughout the day is going to keep my brain activity level up and productive. If I sit for a long time, that's not going to happen. You are reminding me, Martha, that so very often, okay, let me, let me put some context in this, but so very often when I'm working as somebody who is considered to be a very type A person, I'm very energetic, I talk fast, I walk fast, um, oftentimes during the course of the day when I'm working, especially when I'm having a conversation on my phone, I will actually just get up and start walking, and usually it's a pacing back and forth, and there's something about that that I find both comforting and also energizing and allows me to, to better concentrate. Am I crazy? No. Is this really nope. happening? Okay. I mean, you're, at least you're probably crazy, but you're not crazy about that. <laughs> okay, good. Um, it's, you know, there's that, there's a saying that says he thinks really fast on his feet. He thinks better on his feet. And that's true for most of us. And you're not crazy. Um, when we move around, our circulation, especially from our lower body, increases. Now, now the circulation to our brain, thank goodness, always is constant. Um, and so, because that's what keeps us alive. But, but our blood moves the rest of the way through our body. And if you don't move, it tends to just be a little stagnant. And, and moving around helps that circulation come up from the legs, come up from the feet, come up through your lungs, and you can reoxygenate that blood, and and you provide power to your muscles, and you provide needed nutrients to your nerves and your brain cells. And when you move around, if you don't move around, those brain cells aren't getting the nutrients they need to really perform well. And so you're exactly right that walking around, talking on the phone, pacing back and forth, you can tend to stay on track better and you know exactly what you're saying. You know exactly how to respond. And I think you're probably a better listener at that point because you can truly focus on what the person on the other end of the phone, for example, is really saying 
because you can pay attention to that instead of listening to your body that's saying, get up and move, you've been sitting here for too long and my butt hurts. It does feel like I can listen better when I never, I didn't, I've never put that together, Martha, but it does feel like I'm just more there when I'm, even though my body is moving, I feel like my attention is riveted on the other person. I hear that person more distinctly. It's fascinating. You just really surfaced that for me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, I do want to see, and, and maybe we could talk about. Well, let's uh, let's talk about it in the in the, in the third section because I really want to get more into it, and I want to make sure we get through these three M's for this segment. So, um, anything else you want to say about movement before we talk about moderation? Uh, and the key thing to remember here, just like mindfulness, mindfulness, breathe, be present right here, right now. Movement, change positions at least every twenty minutes. Just keep moving. Okay. So okay, I like it. Those are the two things so far. Okay. So what I'll say really quick is I know for me, just as, as a person who is very physically active, I mean, I work out six days a week, and I would be lost without that. So I certainly understand the movements, and if I didn't start my day with, with exercise, I don't know how it would go very well. Well, it doesn't usually go very well. So um, I really I get the movement thing. And I also get from this conversation, Martha, that I need to do more of it during the day. So check on that. Correct. Yes. <laughs> okay. So sitting, sitting in your chair for six hours a day, um, you probably don't do this, but maybe a bunch of your listeners do. Sitting in your chair for six hours a day, staring at some computer screen, and then going and working out at the gym afterwards or even in the morning before you get to work, they don't negate each other. Um, so you could be running a marathon and still be um, a sedentary type person. It, it's a little, it's a little uh, different the way that you think about it because we, we need to incorporate shorter bursts of movement more throughout the day. So more frequent but shorter bouts of movement really extend um, our brain power and our body power throughout the day. Okay. I'm, I'm convinced. Um, I, I, we'll talk offline about how maybe I can do more of that, but um, in addition to what I know you're going to share with our listeners. But, um, so moderation, I have to say that's a word that I don't generally associate with my, my persona, so I'm curious to see what you have to say about moderation. <laughs> So moderation, and I, I have a quote that I love. It says, moderation in everything except awesome. You can never have too much awesome. <laughs> um, and so I, I truly live by that quote. Um, and, and moderation is, is really kind of putting together the mindfulness and the movement part. Um, and it's, it's changing not only positions from the movement perspective, but also moderating your tasks throughout the day. So most people have a tendency to lose their attention after about 25 minutes on a particular task. Some people have shorter attention spans than others, but after about 25 minutes, in addition to our body whispering to us that we need to move around, our brain says, I'm not engaged in this anymore and I'm going to go off and take a vacation. And so therefore our productivity slumps down. But if you can beat that clock, if you will, um, and switch and moderate your activities to something different before you get to that point where your brain has already disengaged, you are more productive and you can be more efficient in your work. So moderating the type of tasks that you do um, are, are really important. And you'll hear this from, you know, personal and wellness coaches. They say to get the three, you know, write your three top things down that you need to do and get those done first thing in the morning because you have a lot of energy and, you know, you're going to get it done. And, you know, then you get to check them off your list and you get like a big atta girl out of that. And, and that's really good. But the same thing happens on a much shorter time period. So if you're able to switch tasks after about 20 minutes, in addition to moving around and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to put that on the shelf right now, and now I'm going to go answer my emails for 20 minutes. And you just burn through a couple emails, and you feel really great. You check them off the box. You get that done. Then you moderate, and you maybe go back to that project that you're working on. But because you've added some, some definite steps throughout the day and have succeeded at those, your brain doesn't disengage 
And so you're able to moderate your activities throughout the day so that you can engage and remain productive. So it sounds to me, sorry, Martha, was there something else you were going to say? No, no, no. Oh, and I was just going to add that, um, and it's another word for for moderation in this case is balance. Um, So you you balance, you know, difficult tasks with easy tasks, tasks that that take a lot of time with tasks that don't take so much time, Um, tasks that require a bunch of input from other people, and you balance that with tasks that you can do um, in a solitary environment. So, you know, it's, it's moderate the kind of tasks that you do and also keep that, that flow going so that you are still being successful throughout the day. Wow. Well, what I was going to add to that that I think is fascinating is one of the things we practice within Insignium and teach a lot of our clients is this thing called mission control. So you really plan out your work and then you chunk it into your calendar. So it's actually you schedule these these occasions, these calendar occasions for yourself. And I think it would be brilliant. I'm sure this is probably what you do and probably what you tell your clients is you probably do just that, right? You have them schedule these, these balanced work um, activities so that they, they get that kind of flow. I, is that what you do? or is... Yes. So we, okay. we can do that from a task perspective. We also do it from a movement perspective. Um, okay. We have people people put things in their calendar, like take a 15-minute stretch break twice a day. And yep. so they'll put it yep. in their calendar. Um, we have people who we will work with on what they're really good at, what they need to get better at, um, when they need to work with others, what's their on time, if you will, what part of the day do they feel best. And so we'll work with them and understanding, just like you said, it's, it's pl- it is planning on purpose. It is, it is planning your day and marking it out so that you can maintain and excel. Um, and if you don't take that, as you know, it's five to 10 minutes in the morning that you, you sit, you envision, you vision out your day and you plan on purpose and you, you will succeed if you do it. It's amazing. Um, and, and keeping all the, the four M's in the back of your mind as you do that plan will benefit you in ways you can't even imagine. I am completely convinced of that and certainly know that I also still need some, some, some good discipline to, to create a calendar like that. I'm working on it, though. And we'll, what we'll do, Martha, is we will talk about your fourth um, M after the break. We're already back at a break already, if you can possibly believe that. I don't know where the time went, but um, <laughs> time for a quick break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Martha Parker, who is the president of MERG. We'll be talking a bit more about what we finished here. We were able to wrap up here, the fourth M here. We'll catch you after the break. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Get 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise. A-L-I-S-E at EliseCortez.com Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Martha Parker, who is president of Emerge, a corporate wellness and management firm based in Houston, Texas. She technically supports customers by offering ergonomic assistance in design, redesign, and retrofit of new and existing office and industrial workspaces. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So just before the break, we didn't quite hit your fourth M, Martha, which I know is micro-breaks. And I'm curious to see how that relates to what you were just talking about before, moderation. So it, all of the M's work together kind of hand-holding in a circle around each other. Um, and micro-breaks is, is exactly what the word means. It's, it, it's a 15 to 20-second break. That is it. Um, about two to three times an hour, depending on your tasks, which we talked about in the last section, um, where we try to moderate our tasks based on what the requirements are, um, based on movement. So uh, the, the other M, where we try to change our positions about every 20 minutes, and then mindfulness, where we are right now. So micro breaks is an opportunity to touch base with ourselves. So you can use that as your mindfulness check. And all it is, is, especially in the office environment, it is eyes off the screen, hands off your mouth, hands off your keyboard, sit back in your chair, take a deep breath, take another mm. deep breath, and then go back to work. That's all it is. It is an opportunity to take a moment for yourself. What are you doing? Do your mindfulness check. How does your body feel? What's it trying to tell you? What do you need to move around, if anything? If, if you take those moments throughout your day, you will be more productive. It's amazing. When you, when you add up a 10 to 15-second micro break, if you take three an hour, I think it's like 10 minutes a day. Now, I have some clients who think that they are very important and they cannot take that 10, minute, 10 minutes a day. I don't have time to take these micro breaks. Well, my response to them is you don't have time not to take those micro breaks because if you do, it gives you a moment to go, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm ready. I have all the tools I need. I have all the tools I need physically, mentally to get on this next task. I'm ready to go. And so you can approach your work with a much more positive attitude because you've taken 15 seconds to check in with yourself. That's what micro breaks are. There's a quote by Annie Lamont. She says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. (laughs) And we all know this because I am the, I mean, my entire family comes to me. They think I'm some kind of tech wizard. And I'm like, did you, did you power it down? Did you turn it off? Did you, I mean, a long time ago, it used to be Control-Alt-Delete. Did you hit the Control-Alt-Delete button and restart everything? And, it, and micro-breaks are the same thing um, for you while you're working. You know, I will, I will, simp- I will say at this, at this point of the conversation, Martha, this is great for me. This conversation is so important for me because I, I don't do these micro-breaks, and I tend to be very intense. And the other thing that I'll just say is that I oftentimes say to people that this show, hosting the show, is really something that I kind of do for myself. It's like my own version of like many 
mini education for myself, weekly nurturing of the mind and heart and soul, if you will. And then that I also happen to share with my listeners. And so what you've given me so far has been golden. I, I really appreciate the wealth of wisdom that you have and your perspective. Thank you. It, it really has been my pleasure. And I, I too, learn every time I, I work with somebody, some of our clients. Um, and the, what, the last thing I'll leave you with about the, the four M's is that, that they are just opportunities for you to be aware um, as you incorporate them in your, in your life. And eventually they will become second nature. It's just the way that you work. Um, it becomes who you are. They become part of you. They become part of how you approach your work, your life. Um, it, they just become part of you. They're small. They're really small. The four M's are tiny. I mean, they're, they're mindfulness and movement and moderation and micro breaks, and they're not big activities. I'm not, I'm not requesting you to go out and, you know, run a marathon or, you know, do CrossFit or whatever. These are small things that anyone can do to help improve their behavior and work more productively in comfort in the office. They apply all of the time. And that's the, that's the other part of what we do is, yeah, we specialize in the office, Elise, but you can apply this, the four M's, to all of your life. And that when we talked at the very beginning of our conversation about what the word ergonomics means, and ergo is the Greek word for root, I mean, the root word for work, and your body doesn't know if you're working to get paid, like a job, or if you're working on chopping vegetables because you're cooking dinner for your family, or if you're working in the yard by mowing it or picking weeds, that's all work to your body. So all of these four ends not only apply when you're sitting in front of a computer, but they also apply all throughout your life, all of the time. I can completely see that, and I can also see that with time and practice that these could can absolutely become part of who I am, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, 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 I can see that I severely need this, and so I guess what I want to do next is I want to have you help us understand how do you work with your clients, and what I'd also be curious to know about, how do they even know that they need you? <laughs> well, I, I laugh when you ask me that question because when, you know, when you're on the airplane, for example turn to the person next to you and they say, what do you do? And, and you say, I'm an ergonomist. And they look at you with blank stares because you know in their brain they're going, what is that? Um, and so I spend a lot of my time explaining what ergonomics is and, and exactly what we do. And your question is very apropos. How do, they, how do our clients know they need us? And, and I give you this. Everyone needs us. They just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Once they yep. find out what we do, they go, oh, I so need you to help me figure out the levers on my chairs. Nobody knows how to use the chairs they sit in in the office. Nobody knows. They maybe know how to make them go up and down. But no one knows all the features and adjustments that they have on their chair that they come in contact with probably more than their mattress. That's what we do. We teach people <laughs> how to use the stuff they already have. And once they figure out what it is that we do, they go, oh, yeah. We teach people specific stretches to help them manage a workplace injury or help them gain strength in a particular body part to help them do their job better. Once we explain to people what it is exactly what we do with them individually, they go, oh, well, of course. Oh, yeah. Where were you 10 years ago when the architect was picking out the furniture for our office? Um, so it, it is really funny. We spend an enti- we spend an incredible amount of time um, explaining what we do, and once we do that well, once we educate our potential clients well, then we 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 get we have them um, because we've done a great job of educating them. I can see that, and and one of the things I always like to do with my guests when it when it makes sense is to is to have them paint uh, a picture of like some of the work that they do with the client, so that we can better kind of get into their space and see how their work actually works. So, can you share with us an example of a client you've worked with, like the before and after, and how you helped them become more productive, or what difference that you've actually made? 
Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to bring it to a, a larger scale first, and then I'm going to bring it down to the individual scale. So one of our clients is a, a large, being in Houston, it's a large oil and gas firm. And uh, they, we've been working with them for a number of years, and they've uh, recently moved within the past three years to a big campus-type facility and consolidated a bunch of buildings and moved everybody up there. And, and part of our job as ergonomists was to help people get situated in their new work environment and how to use their tables and their chairs and um, all of that. What we learned in that move process was that's important maybe at the end of the first week, but at the first day at a new building or a new campus, people want to know three things. Where's the coffee? Where do I eat? And where's my car? Oh, maybe the fourth thing. Where's the nearest bathroom? They don't really care about how their chair works and the principles behind having an adjustable work surface. So at the end of the first week, we come in and we teach everybody how to get their workstation set up for them. And that carried on for about eight to 10,000 employees over about nine months. So we visited every single person um, and got them situated in their new office. Now, that's on a, a really big scale. But we also, because we work with these individuals who are part of a corporation, we learn how they behave. We learn what their drivers are. We understand their particular issues. I, for instance, had a, uh, a young lady who came up to me and said, oh, I just wanted to tell you that I really appreciate your help. And the equipment you guys got me, we recommended a different keyboard for her and a different mouse that fit her better. And she said, it's really working great. And I'm I'm climbing Mount Everest this summer. And I'm like, well, that's really cool when you're leaving and tell me about the Sherpas and all the stuff. And, and she said, no, 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 I'm telling you because if you had not helped me mitigate some of my discomfort as I worked, I would not have been able to train to climb Mount Everest. And wow. so, yes, we work on this huge scale with giant corporations with lots and lots of people doing big systematic things with their office ergonomics program, but it all comes back to the individual and helping them be more comfortable and productive in their office environment. Oh, my gosh, Martha, that was a beautiful example. And we are so close to being out of time. Um, I want to let, if you can, can you just maybe in 30 seconds, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I'd like to leave your listeners with the four M's. Mindfulness, movement, moderation, and micro breaks. Small changes you can do every day to make you happier, more productive, and healthy at your workplace. Beautiful, Martha. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Elise, and anytime I'll be back. Awesome. If you want to learn more about Martha Parker and the work she does at Emerge, visit her website, which is www.m-erg.com. Again, that's m-erg.com. Join us next week when we talk with Evan Robb, who is an incredibly passionate middle school principal at Johnson Williams Middle School in Berryville, Virginia. We'll be talking about his passion and approach to educating young minds and how he helps get young people ready for the workplace. We'll also be talking a bit about some of the work that he's done with his books and just really the work that he does in the community to try to raise awareness around the world of education and how doing so, even in the middle school years, can help prepare the young minds for the workplace. See you next week. Remember that work is at least one-third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Work.